<laughs> Those effing C words. Changing confidence, child. Two words that are so scary, they may as well be curse words. Let's talk about it. On this podcast, we'll share our stories about hardship and starting over, making professional pivots, ending relationships and friendships, and having the confidence to navigate change. These are real stories and real people from my one-on-one coaching sessions and interviews that will keep us inspired or remind us that things could be worse. So what you hear are the truths, traumas, and testimonies that push us to become the solution instead of just waiting for one. I'm Marcia Cork, the Change Coach, and this is Ooh, Those FNC Words. Happy Friday, MCs. Welcome back to another episode of Ooh, Those FNC Words. It's been a long time since you've heard that trailer, hasn't it? Well, that was intentional. I had to set the mood for this conversation. <laughs> so for the past few weeks, um, we've been having some great conversations around change and confidence as they relate to job hunting and entrepreneurship, you know, just having these conversations about the career pivot. But I played that intro to remind you that when we talk about the C words, that's across all areas of our lives. That includes changes in our relationships and in our friendships as well. A few weeks ago, I told you I had this juicy relationship episode planned, and here it is. Finally, we are talking change after divorce or separation this week, and I'm having a panel conversation today. I'm calling them the confidants. (laughs) Hopefully, you see what I did there. So this is going to be a panel conversation, three women and myself who are all on the other side of divorce or separation. And here's the thing, really, ain't nothing new under the sun. You know, we've all heard that saying. But when we're going through divorce and separation, it feels like we're the only ones going through that, right? So wherever you are in divorce, separation, if you're in it or alongside it, whether you're actually experiencing it yourself or if you're the friend, the confidant, the support system for someone who is, my goal is to just have relatable examples to look to. I want to introduce some topics and some considerations that, you know, we don't always think about. Things like, have you considered therapy before exiting relationship, you know, even if it's not couples counseling, but therapy for yourself to navigate what life after divorce or separation is going to look like. What are you doing to get to know yourself before you exit the relationship? What did you lose in your marriage that you're trying to get back? Are you prepared to answer the questions that, you know, friends and family may start to ask you about your situation? Do you know how to make yourself happy? What are you looking forward to? What are you most afraid of? You know, all those types of things that we talk about or the voices in our head have full conversations about, (laughs) but we don't get to really share with anyone because we feel that isolation or we don't feel like anyone else is experiencing um, and can relate to what we're experiencing. So those are the types of conversations what I, that I want to have. What are some things other than relationships that bring you happiness? Do you have to be in a relationship? Can you lean into friendships instead? You're going to hear a lot of these things come up in this conversation. And I can't say that we'll touch on all of these things today because it's one episode and I don't, I'm trying not to keep these episodes too long. So We may not touch on it all today, but I can promise you that you can expect more conversations like this. So let's jump into today's episode with a few of my friends, the confidants, as we discuss being changed ever after, life after divorce or separation. You know, in marriages, we get so caught up in what society says that we're supposed to do in a marriage. Yeah. As opposed to, okay, what do we really want? Ladies, 
The reason why I have you all here is because we represent four different outcomes, four different scenarios, four different ways that separation and divorce could go. So I love this conversation because I can represent separation, my husband and I being separated for nearly two years and then reuniting. But then some of you have, well, all of you have gone on to be divorced, but you have different levels um, of interaction with your exes. Tiffany, you've remarried. So everyone has a different outcome. So I think we'll, we'll, we'll be able to lend a lot, a lot of different perspectives to the conversation and look at our scenarios through different lenses. So four stories that can represent a variety of different people and a variety of different situations. I will start with Bailey, since you're in the upper right-hand corner, introduce yourself and tell me where you all stand today. Hi, my name is Bailey. I'm actually have been divorced going on five years now. Uh, we co-parent, we have a great co-parenting relationship. We had, um, we have a son together um, and I'm currently still single. I had been in a two year relationship, but now I'm single. I'm on my Christian walk. Okay. It hasn't been easy, mm -hmm. um, but this go around, I am definitely looking for my person and it's okay. more about compatibility um, companionship and forever after. Okay. All right. So I'm going to circle back to that. Ask, would you, would you get married again? So, Absolutely. That's what I'm looking to do. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. All right. Tiffany, introduce yourself. Sure. Hi, I'm Tiffany. I am on my second marriage. Um, it will be six years this September. I remarried, um, 10 years after I was divorced. So I got married young. Can't you tell? <laughs> Although this is a podcast, uh, I guess they can't see the youthful glow. But yes, it took um, 10 years for me to find the one. So I didn't realize uh, it was 10 years. It was 10 years. Wow. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yes. Okay. Thank you. I hope mine isn't that long, girl, please. Girl. <laughs> you know what it's like out there in them single streets? It's, it's a mess. It's Ooh. a mess. Right. It's a whole mess. And that brings us to Renee, who is currently in these single streets as well. So, Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, hello, my name is Renee. Um, I guess the aspect that I'm re representing is that my ex-husband and I are um, wonderful co-parents. We are um, the best, well, I'll say the best of friends. I mean, that sound, might sound a little corny, but we have a better relationship now, I feel like, than we did before. We communicate a lot more, so um, that's, I guess, my angle. We've mm -hmm. been divorced, um, I would say, we're going on two years, um, separated for two years, and then divorced for two years. We actually had a virtual um, divorce. Um, so, yeah, like, we, we have a great relationship, and um, I guess that's that's something to consider when you're looking into divorce is what's going to be the outcome afterwards. Right. So, Right. All right. So let's talk about that. So let's talk about first making the decision, because I think that's what um, that's where probably a lot of people are going to be. And mm -hmm. so what is it that goes in your to, into your decision and how long did it take for you to actually make the decision? When did you know what it, it was time to leave? And what was that process like once you realized it was time to leave? Uh, well, well, for me, I'm not sure if you're asking me, but um, for me, it was, okay. So for me, it wasn't even when I um, asked for a separation, I was actually asking for a separation. I wasn't asking to get divorced. I just knew that something wasn't right. I felt like, how I felt about him wasn't right. And during that time, this is when I went into counseling and he, he also went into counseling. We went into counseling together um, because this is a big decision. I wanted to understand why I was feeling this way. So I didn't really decide to get a divorced divorce in the beginning. It was more like, this is, this might be a break. We need a break from each other right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I had a discussion with him and, you know, we talked about it and I said, well, you know, I'm kind of feeling some kind of way and I'm not sure why. And 
So I need time to kind of figure this out. How long were um, you guys in therapy before you decided to go ahead and? We were in therapy maybe, um, maybe six months. Okay. Yeah. Tiffany, chime in. What was your what was your process like when you when you realized you might want to make some changes? So we actually were separated for three years um, okay. before we actually got a divorce. Um, and we just weren't making any progress. You know, it was just stagnant. I mean, I think we were each doing our own thing. Um there wasn't consistent effort to reconcile. Mm-hmm. I think we may have done two or three potentially counseling sessions, you know, just a handful of counseling. Um, I did request that he do counseling on his own. He did not want to do that. Um, I was dating. I think he was dating. So it was, at this point, it was kind of, I got to a point to where I was like, okay, we got to piss I get off the pot basically. Mm -hmm. So I was like, let me just go ahead and get this done. And I think another thing that was occurring over that three month or three year window was that I was trying to handle the paperwork on my own. So I think um, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but um, I was under the impression that it would be a easy breezy process for me to just Mm -hmm handle the paperwork and not so much. So that kind of dragged things out um, longer because you, so over the course of that three years, you know, that was three years of me trying to do things, trying to be a uh, matlock <laughs> on my own and messing things up, you know? So finally I hired a lawyer and just got it all done. So okay. that was what was happening over that three year window as well. Okay. And I do want to talk about that process later for all of you, what the, what the filing process is like. And I know that will vary. Tiffany, I talked about that ahead of time. That will vary state by state. But when you don't know where to start, at least all of you can, um, you know, give some guidance on maybe what the first call is, maybe where the first step is. Bailey, chime in on your experience. Well, y'all was going through separation. Your girl was like, hell to the nah, nah, nah. <laughs> Mine cheated. Mine cheated. So it wasn't no, oh, well, let's see where this is going to go. Let's be separated for a couple of years. It was just like, nah, that's what we're doing. Okay. I see you. So, um, you know, I, I forgave him literally like, I think two weeks after I found out. Mm-hmm. Okay. I forgave him. You know, we were standing in the kitchen. I was like, hey, I forgive you. And it wasn't about him. It was about me. And I had made the decision that I wasn't going to be a bitter be- Betty, in this case, a bitter Bailey. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting at the dining room table and I was just like, you know what? God is, I literally sat at the table and said, God is my source. Mm-hmm. And I released everything. Um, my divorce was amicable, but in the state of Maryland, you have to be separated, legally separated for a year if you have a kid before you can even file for divorce. Okay. So, um, he had already moved out by this time. Um, my son and I, we stayed in the house. We were going to move, obviously, after um, everything. Um, we we didn't even go to court. We did mediation. And I made sure I got a man because, you know, men don't want another woman in their ear. But I was a stay-at-home mom for eight years. So that was another thing. So for me, now in my mid-40s, starting over with the kid in tow and walking away uh, from my career for the most part, um, mm-hmm. You know, but but for me, I'm gonna be honest with you. It was all about peace of mind, and I know women want to stay. Like I remember having girlfriends telling me, "Well, why don't you stay till you get yourself together?" And I was like, "I don't care if I gotta move back in with my with my parents." I was like, "I need my peace of mind. Like this is crazy. I can't do this." Um, but I will say, at the end of the day, I got everything um, that I was entitled to, so I didn't I didn't end up on the other side struggling. So I thank God for that. Um, and I tell I tell women all the time, and I know, trust me, I know sometimes it's easier said than done because my ex was kind of mean-spirited at the beginning, you know, because you know how people like misery likes company. So they get and talk, start talking to people, you know, people start getting in their ear. And I remember telling him, I was like, look, I'm not going to court. Like, I'm not getting a lawyer. 
you can get one if you want to, but you're essentially taking money out of our kid's mouth. So we end up going to mediation, everything that I had told him that needed to happen, because I did my research. He was like, well, you know, he, he heard me, but he wasn't listening. So when we got into mediation, the mediator essentially told him everything I said. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so, you know, it, it, just, it was just a very smooth process. I'm grateful. I'm grateful even to this day that we have a great co-parenting relationship. That's not to say we don't have our differences, but again, if you want the best outcome, I always tell people, and this goes for men and women, pick your battles. If it's not going to make a difference a week from now, just keep it moving. Like, don't even comment on it. Don't even, you know, it's not, it's just not necessary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, for me, again, they, you know, you all went through the separation process of, you know, working things out. We did do counseling, but by the time we went to counseling, it was way too late. You know, he had checked out. I had checked out. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say there was some part of me that wanted it to work out because nobody wants their marriage to end. We were together for 13 years. So nobody wants that to end. Mm-hmm. But when the writing is on the wall, um, I knew just by his demeanor, the behavior was going to continue. It wasn't something of remorse. It was like, yeah, I did it. Okay. I yeah. I mean, it wasn't even really, I got caught, but it was, he didn't have any remorse of, I'm not going to do this moving forward. Like, this is just what I'm doing at this point. It was, you know, yeah. more of the mentality. So okay. there was no need, you know, really. So it really wasn't anything to work out at that point. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you. But yeah, so I, I will honestly say, because people ask, how long have you been divorced? My transition was so smooth. I have to actually mentally recall whenever someone asked me that question where the separation ended and the divorce began yeah because it was just that seamless and unfortunately a lot of most people don't experience that yeah um so I I remain grateful but I tell people a lot of that has to do with your state of mind as a person like you can't control what the other person does but you can control 100% how you respond yeah and if you're responding negatively like them that's just going to give them more ammo and feel more justified in continuing their behavior. Yeah. So our process was also amicable and, and, and smooth to outsiders so much so that people listening to this episode are probably going to learn for the first time that we were separated for close to two years. So we actually did one of those scenarios where you're together, but separate and like living in the same house. Uh, Renee, you all did something similar, didn't you? Yes. Yes, we did. So in my case, when we decided to separate like you, Bailey, I had been I I say an at home mom because I was physically home, but I was really just um, teaching and consulting. So it was weekend and evening kind of work. So I had I'd done the same thing, put my career on hold. My money came in, but it wasn't consistent. And it definitely wasn't something I was going to just be able to live on, you know, live off on, on my own. So when I decided to go ahead and leave, I said, I'm just going to have to be on welfare. Like that was the decision that I, I made. I was like, look, I'm, I'm not going to stay in a relationship because I can't afford to be single. And that's what I was willing to do. And he fought me tooth and nail. He's like, I don't want my children in poverty. So we're just going to, um, you know, live together, but be separated. So we started separating our lives, but we still lived in the same household. So during that time, I was going to therapy so that I could prepare for what life would look like as a single person, because he and I have, had been together since college, like right out, right out of college. So um, I hadn't really you know, had any adult years on my own and living on my own. And so I went to therapy to, to, to just kind of navigate what that looked like. Um, and... And then after a while, it just, it just it just rolled off. So while I was going to therapy, I was telling her, you, you know, we still get along. I still get up every morning and make his coffee. And she just sat there in disbelief because there wasn't any, you know, I wasn't angry with him. I was at peace with, with where we were and the decision that I had made. And we just spent the next few months working towards separation. And it was very matter of fact. But then that's how we were separated as well. We... Um, you know, continued to co-parent well enough. If we if we showed up at events together, people didn't even realize we were separated. We still uh, may not have done vacations together. I, do, I don't really recall, but 
it can be peaceful when you make up your mind that you are just going to get along. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that was the same with me that um, before, like when we were when we were separating, I mean, it was rocky in the beginning, but then it had gotten to the point where we were like, no, we're not going to do this. Uh, we actually had a conversation saying that we're not going to do this. We're better than this. And then when you have kids involved, like you can't be around your kids and have them seeing, you know, chaos and arguments and all that stuff. Like we did get into one argument around the, around my, around my kids and, that was, I mean, to this day, my kids remember that. So that mm-hmm. stuck with me mm-hmm. because I'm like, this is, this is some of the things that they remember. So we um, decided that we're, we're going to be adult about this because at the end of the day, when you have kids, you still have to deal with that person regardless for the rest of your life. Like yeah. regardless of, you know, divorce, you're still connected to that person. So let's try to make the most of this. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and really talk after the separation, we've become closer, I feel like. But I mean, sometimes that that happens. I mean, I know it's not true for with everybody. And I know, speaking to what Bailey said, like, my separation and divorce was really smooth, too. Now, mind you, um, we got divorced, like, in the, the early days of COVID. So everything was virtual. Um, but we did, we did do the mediator and, you know, did all that stuff. Um, but you know, we, we really just kind of sat down and said, this is what we want. This, this is how it's going to happen. And and, yeah, so that's my two cents. (laughs) Okay. So Tiffany, you jumped right into the three year separation. What was the process like for deciding that you wanted to leave? and making the decision? Well, it was uh, very abrupt. So unlike you guys, mine was not smooth at all. It came at the worst time of my life. My mother had just passed away suddenly and my marriage unexpectedly, abruptly started to implode um, unexpectedly. So, yeah, uh, I don't have a clean way to explain how or why that happened. It's mm. too loaded to get into on our brief podcast right now. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I it just I didn't leave the house. Um, he left, I guess, at my insistence, if you will. Um, okay. I've heard. Older women say a a lady should never leave her home. Take from that, if you will. That wasn't necessarily what my position or what my goal was, but um, uh, that's how it unfolded for us. And uh, yeah, I wasn't. And I guess I should add, as part of that three year time frame, I honestly wasn't in the state of mind. You know, like I said, it happened so quickly. I was actively grieving. Um, so of course, having just losing my mother, I was depressed. Um, Mm -hmm. we had just moved to this area. So there was just so much going on. So that was another factor, um, that kind of delayed everything. I I needed to get my feet under me. Yeah. I needed to breathe. I needed to think. I needed to, you know, just kind of get my head around everything that was going on. Um, So that's, I guess, one part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't even know that if there was like a realization, it was more like a, like a bam, (laughs) you know what I mean? Right. It wasn't like a, oh my God, what's happening? Oh, I think, you know what I mean? It it was just like I slipped and fell in the hole and you look up and be like, this shit is really happening. Like, you know, I I didn't have no choice, but to, you know, I was kind of force fed it. If yeah. you like it, well, it was easier. I mean, I, well, I definitely can't say easier, but it it probably forces you to jump into your next chapter a little sooner. Whereas for us, it's like we were on the decline for about two years before I finally made that decision. So there were times that, you know, we're living in the house and not speaking to each other. I think you I know? would rather that. Well, OK, I think I don't I don't. 
I, I'll put it like this. I think I would rather to not have to deal with two life-changing events at once. Okay. So I don't know if the app ripping the band-aid off is easier yeah. as say letting it drag on for two years, but anything is easier than the death of a parent and a separation at the same time. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But can I ask you a question now? Mm-hmm. I hear you and I can tell that it affected you, but do you find yourself now? Cause I always say, I mean, you know, they say, you know, what don't kill you makes you stronger. Mm-hmm. And we are, you know, nobody's trying to hear all that when you're going through it. <laughs> Let's just keep it 100. <laughs> Absolutely. But yes. I'm sure because you experienced both of those life altering situations at the same time, when thing come, when things come at you now, a lot of that stuff you probably just brush your shoulder off because you like girl ain't no doubt exactly exactly yeah and because you've experienced that you like you know what if i can make it through that this right here this is small stuff right here i'm not even sweating it yeah Yeah, yeah. i mean you know i i i definitely um i I realized my strength like they say you don't know what you made of until you've been through something but you know i i still struggle so i don't i don't know i guess at the end of the day like i have that that's not the end of the struggles you know i have still have had to deal with some difficult things and i still feel feel like those things have hurt deeply as well but i guess you know i can still look back at it all and say that i've survived it all put it like that you know what i mean so i don't i don't know but i do um give myself some pats on the back for standing strong through all of that because you know people crumble from less i do know that i have heard the stories yeah Um, you know that i always applaud you sorry to cut you off but you you mentioned it briefly earlier but you also stayed here so you Mm -hmm. and your husband had relocated here right and then you went through that with no village you know Right. So that I mean, I I would have gone home immediately, <laughs> you know, uh, or back to where my friends are. If I now have to live yeah. this single life, I'm going back to where my friends are. And you stayed. That, and I still. And truth be told, well, I mean, if it wasn't for Katrina, I may I might have went back, right? But oh. it so happens that you know, so Katrina was in 2005, and then this happened in 2006. So New Orleans wasn't much to go back to at that time. Gotcha. So. You know, it just was like, well, what am I going to go back to? Like, the city was still devastated, right? And so, yeah, I, I stuck, I toughed it out. I thugged it out out here. I mean, maybe this is where God wanted me to be, right? Because mm-hmm. so, well, now yeah. I have my village. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to say that real quick. Like, for me, when the separation occurred, like when I asked for it again, I wasn't trying to get a divorce. I was asking for a separation because I was trying to figure this out. And then like during therapy and all that stuff, like something came up and then that kind of pushed me to the other side of like, okay. Mm -hmm. And, and I looked at it, you know, you know, from a religious sense, I looked at it like, okay, God's like, look, I showed you this. Now what Mm -hmm. you going to do? You know, I'm showing you this. So now you can make your decision. I mean, sometimes these things are shown to you and they do help you make that final decision because it is hard in the beginning. You are there are going to be like moments. And even now, you know, um, because we get along, that's it's, it's almost like. I'm like, well, why do we get divorced? We get along so well. So I, I still kind of like think about that, like you know, why are we not, not saying that, I mean, I can confidently say I don't want to get back with them, but you know, from the outside looking in, you're like, well, wait a minute, y'all, y'all get along so well. And even I'm sure when people heard that we were separated, it was like, what, you know, that was, you know, people were like, cause it's not like we were ever that couple that Explos- looked miserable together or were, were angry at each other or beefing or anything like that um so yeah like um it's, it's one of the things I kind of think about now and only because I think because whenever you have kids involved it's, it's like you're it's, it's like part of me 
has made, I mean, obviously I made the decision, but then it's always like, well, I wonder, I wonder, you know. Well, but, I tell you this, Renee, I, when you said you had the, your son heard you guys had one argument, I'm like, well, how y'all pull that off? <laughs> one yeah, argument. exactly. And, and that's, I mean, but then that also speaks to our marriage and that, and I'm not saying that from a good, <laughs> from a good stance, like, um, it just kind of depends on, you know, who, like in my case, I think he just wasn't one to really argue. And, um, like we just really just never got into really big battles. Like it was like, he was just very even killed and, you know, so, so yeah, that's, that's why I think my, um, kids were so, you know, kind of taken aback when they saw us arguing because they've never, ever seen that. Or maybe mm. there were times when we did argue, maybe it's just, they weren't around, but I know that particular instance, um, they had never seen that. Yeah. So I, I could see why they would be like, well, what is, what's going on here? You yeah, know, I but, I can relate to that. Because... Problems, but you're sweeping them under the rug. So basically, yeah, yeah that's why I said, like, I, when I, I say that there weren't any arguments, yeah, yeah like, or when I say there weren't any arguments, I'm not saying that from a good standpoint. Like, I'm not saying that we got along our entire marriage. We were together like 15 years, you know. Um, so maybe even longer than that, but <laughs> I mean, as far as like dating and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, like, I feel like, you know, there were things we didn't tackle, but that was, you know, us, you know, not really addressing what you're supposed to, you know, address, I feel like in a marriage. Right. Yeah, that was y'all cool. Cause I like, I literally think I am physically incapable of sweeping (laughs) something under the rug. Like I think (laughs) I I would have a adversary, a physical reaction. Like I might break out in hives of, or something. I don't know. Like I just, I couldn't yeah. do it. Yeah. I, we've, we've had those conversations before because I was also someone who would suppress and I was mm-hmm. saying, I need to say more. And Tiffany would be like, I need to say less. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, let's move on. I want to talk about the days following. The decision to separate what kind of support did you get from family and friends um you know sometimes there's guilt or shame associated with with your relationship declining like i said before you feel like you're um in isolation that you're going through this but no one else is so as common as it is you can still feel isolated and feel like this is very unique to you know to you that you're the only person going through this so talk a little bit about that yeah, I didn't feel guilt and shame. I think my as far as friends and family goes, they kind of are they already knew because they were there with me when the process was you know leading up. Like they already like, and it's funny because I I'm like her. Like I didn't we didn't argue and stuff. We were I remember his uncle saying one time, "You two act more like brothers and sisters than you do husband and wife." So we were kind of coexisting and had more of a friendship versus the whole romantic, oh, I love, or this is my husband, you know, whatever. So when everything, you know, reached ahead or turned, I think the masses found out because I ended up doing a video on, it was 2016. You probably still find it on Facebook. I did a video where I said I was, I came here to, came on here to talk about um, the release of my book, but I feel it, to, you know, to talk about, you know, what had been going on. I mean, I didn't go into deep detail mm-hmm. and I got a lot of, um, that's what I was telling Tiffany, you know, you don't realize your story is a testimony, um, mm-hmm. especially on social media, because everybody sees people's lives being perfect. Perfect. And yep. when you have someone that's there being vulnerable and transparent and it's like, wow, like even if they weren't going through what I was going through, they were going through something in life and just to see that and so you know not that misery loves company but to see that wow this is a human you know they're going through something just like I'm going through something that's what you call the human connection yeah. you know mm-hmm. and so that's I would say that's when the masses found out I wasn't ashamed embarrassed because I didn't do anything wrong 
mm-hmm. the end of the day. I mean, everybody plays their part. You know, don't get it. I'm not a perfect person by no means, but I'm not the one who broke the vows. I'm not the one who, you know, did wrong towards the relationship. So at the end of the day, heck, things don't work out. But I will say I found myself being that female that I said I would never be as far as focusing so much on my marriage and my kids that I really lost a sense of who I was. And when Tiffany said when it was over, she just needed a moment to breathe. I wish I had done that. Like, I don't care who you are. If you're going through a divorce or if you're getting out of any type of long-term situation, it is never, and I know they say never say never, but I'm here to say it. It is never a good idea to jump into another relationship because you don't know who you are at that point. Yeah. And then, I, and I had jumped into a two-year relationship. And after that, I literally made a conscious decision. I said, you know what, B, you're not going to date for at least a whole year. I don't go, I didn't talk to anybody on the phone. I didn't go out on any dates. I didn't do any of that. And I found out so much about myself. Yeah. But yeah, but the process was, I mean, after the initial, you know, to do that, it was like, okay, this was happening. Um, I was kind of good. I mean, you know, not good like in, you know, doing a, doing a happy feed or nothing, but it was just like, okay, I can do this. Right. I, you know, I can do this. Right. Yeah, I, I definitely found myself because I felt like I had lost myself, um, not just in those two years, the, the period that I call the decline, but having after having the kids and being home, you know, not focusing on my career. I had always been career driven. I was one of those people mm-hmm. that I've known since I was eight years old, what I wanted to do. And then there was just this large gap of not doing any of it. And I felt like everybody else was living and I wasn't doing much of anything. Like one day I looked, one day I stopped and I started doing this vision board and I was, and you all probably remember because I was reaching out to everyone like, have you ever done this? Have you ever done that? And they were like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, life is passing me by. There's so much that I haven't done. So immediately following that separation, that was what I said to do. Like that's when I discovered the, efficacy of vision boards and you know making it a checklist of things you want to accomplish i took pole dancing lessons and <laughs> yeah and it was it, it wasn't really about anything other than a version of marcia that i hadn't even explored or known when i say was there anything that you did for yourself it's something like that was what did you do to find yourself again or or learn this new version of yourself that um, that only comes after ending a marriage learning how to move differently one of and i still haven't mastered it one of my girlfriends told me bailey you still act like you're married i said what does that mean she said i want you to go out by yourself go out to dinner by yourself and you'll see what i'm talking about Mm-hmm. So I went to this restaurant and, you know, by myself and I got up to go to the restroom and I saw this guy, he, we caught eyes and I turned my eyes real quick. You know how your brain thinks really quick. And I said, oh, that's what she's talking about. So I looked back at him, caught his eyes and I smiled. And what I would do because I was married, if we caught eyes, I would shift my eyes because I'm married. So I'm not going to do all of that with you. But I'm not ma- I'm not married anymore, so I can catch eyes with you and gaze at you and flirt with you and do all of that type of stuff. So it was a matter of me le- relearning how to be single. And again, I'm still not all the way there um, because I can be guarded because I, I deal with so much. I'm bombarded sometimes by men and it can be overwhelming. So it's just like the guard goes up automatically because it's like, OK, what's your angle? What do you want? Why are you talking to me? Why are you bothering me? Okay, let's talk about that. Let's talk about dating post-divorce. For me, it was kind of like, I was ready to be in them streets. Like, I wasn't, like, looking necessarily, and I, well, I'm just going to say, I wasn't looking for the next husband. I was looking for some fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like, I didn't. And I don't know if it's because we were in such a decline for maybe like a few years um, Mm -hmm. before the actual separation. But like I had actually talked to my therapist about it. My uh, outlook on dating has changed in in the early 
part of my separation slash divorce, you know, I was in a different mindset, but now it is like, okay, like what, what do you, what's your angle? Like, like what you said, like, why are you here? (laughs) You know? And to be honest, these guys aren't here. It seems like a lot of these guys just aren't here for anything. Um, Like, um, yeah. Um, like I'm looking for something substantial. Like I'm not looking for, you know, just somebody I can, you know, sex and then, and then, you know, go back home. Like I, I want to do real adult stuff. Like I want to go on vacations. I want to have real conversations, like deep conversations. I want to get into arguments, <laughs> you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so my mindset has changed, but I feel like I had to go through that, that early part and part of that, I feel like, is because, you know, to speak on what you had said earlier, Marcia, is that um, when when me and my ex first started dating, I was in college. And then from college, pretty much, we moved in together. And then that was it. Like, I'd never experienced the single life. So I think that's another reason why maybe I, I got into <laughs> Yeah, well, see, I I never had because I think, um, uh, and I think when I was younger, because I more so grew up in a Christian household, I feel like my mm-hmm. mindset was um, uh, okay. If if I went out with this guy three weeks, he's my boyfriend, as opposed to just <laughs> you know, yeah. See, as opposed to just dating for fun. Or get it, getting it for that matter, even getting to know someone. So I never experienced any of that. Like I was just focused on, okay, you gonna be my husband, and we, you know. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, I don't know. And 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 also another thing that was um, to speak to. Uh, well, this, this kind of goes back to the previous conversation, but like me finding myself actually. I think happened before the separation, which probably propelled the separation, which propelled the divorce because it it was the same thing where you get caught up in your family then, and then you you lose yourself. And I started doing things for myself. Um, You know, I started doing outdoors thing. I started doing Mm -hmm. fitness. Um, I started doing all these things for myself and then it kind of gave me a sense of, okay, what do you want? And it gave me a, a almost like a sense of confidence. Um, but yeah, going, going back to the dating thing, like it's like one of those things where you have to be patient um, because I feel like it, these streets are rough. Like they're, they are definitely not easy, um, but you just have to know what you want. You really have to make a declaration because you can be swayed easily. Oh yeah, um, you know, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's easy to way. be swayed, but swayed in what way? Like if you, like, like say if you're like, well, I'm not gonna accept this from a guy or whatever. Or I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna deal with this. I'm not gonna deal with that. But if he's coming, I mean, swinging, then you know it's kind of hard to, to <laughs> like. I don't know if I can say that, but <laughs> you know it's kind of yeah, like but. You know, if he's coming, you know, with some stuff, you're like, you know what? Maybe I'll just change it. And there are some things you should change, like or consider changing. But there's some some things you should honestly be, you know, be honest with your with yourself and say, no, this is what I want for my man. And yeah. for me, like now, the line is, I need you to put in some effort. Like you're not just gonna be showing up you know, at my doorstep or anything like that. Like you got to put some effort into this, like, and, you know, so just, just really just know what you really want. What's, what's like red flags and really respect those red, red flags. Because a lot of times once you, those red flags are there for a reason because that's how they are. <laughs> well, speaking right. of, of red flags and, and women these days recognizing what they want and what they don't want, you know, we went through this movement, I think for the past, probably three or four years where we didn't want to, you know, slut shame. We wanted people, we wanted women to have the same freedoms that men have to date, you know, fluidly. And, and now 
they're like, okay, I think I'm over that. <laughs> so, so now yeah. there are fewer women on dating apps. They're they're saying it's mostly men on dating apps now. Yeah. Because, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, so we're seeing a shift. Sixty-four percent of men. Sixty-four yep. percent of people on the apps are men. Yeah. But oh, you know wow. the funny thing about that, Marcia, though, it's I like older guys, and I mean, and I think at our age anyway, they're all old, <laughs> but. It's, I mean, and it's not to say that the young people can't say this too, but obviously the older you get, the more the more experiences you tend to have. Yeah. I I know I'm a good person. I'm a good woman. I'm a good catch. I'm a good person. I have no and I have no intentions. I have no well, I have intentions obviously to get married. I have no hidden agendas. Mm-hmm. One thing my ex said about me, he said, Bailey, who you are when I met you is who you are today. I'm consistent through and through. Now that's not to say you won't learn new things about me. But you're not going to wake up one day and be like, who are you and where did you come from? And where's your representative? It's not. But I find Mm -hmm. the challenge is men have experienced so many problematic women that when a good one comes, they don't know how to deal with it. They're waiting for the catch. Like, okay, what's the catch? Because this is I'm not saying I'm too good to be true, but I will say I'm one of the few women, you know, I'm not gold digging. I don't want you for for financial security. I'm not with you just because you're attractive. Like I'm not into the superficial things at this point in my, not that I've ever been, but especially even more so now it's like, I, I want somebody that I can grow old with and whatever you got going on right now, whether it's physical or not, that starts to dwindle. So I want to be mm-hmm. able to know I can be intimate with you outside of the bedroom that we can have stimulating conversations, that we can travel together and genuinely enjoy each other's company, that even if we're bantering, we're still respecting each other. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And that in Mm -hmm. itself, um, and obviously a man who has a relationship with God, and that in itself is so challenging. And it's like, I know, like one of my main things is like she said, I want to be able to go do things together. And it's funny because I get guys who want to take me on trips, but I'm like, I don't know you. Like, I don't want to be with you like that. And the, and the guys that I do, like, if I, cause I don't like a lot of people at all. So when I do find that person and they don't ever want to go anywhere or do anything. And it's just like, okay, so what you here for? Like, if we're not going to go do stuff together and enjoy each other's company, you're not serving the purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So what was dating like? Cause this is, this is for you, Tiffany, this is, prior to the social media boom and everybody, you know, meeting, dating, interacting exclusively through apps. You probably still had to meet somebody at the gas station and meet somebody at the grocery store, meet somebody in the club, you know, what was that period like for you? Um, yeah, I was meeting people out. So his, the thing is, um, like I said, I didn't really know people here. So of -hmm. course I was meeting men. Because it's just easier to meet men than it is to meet women. Um, So, you know, I just started hanging out, going out to clubs, meeting men. So, you know, you go to a club by yourself, you ain't going to be by yourself long. You're going to meet men (laughs) and y'all going to hang out. He's going to buy you drinks and that's going to be a little boo thing for whatever period of time until he ate your boo thing no more. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, dating was... um, it wasn't, it was easy, you know, it was easy to meet people, but of course they were not substantial situations, yeah. you know, it was just, just very surface level type of things, you know, um, so nothing really meaningful um, as the time passed and as I guess I started to heal more and I got my footing and was in a better position to have something substantial then I probably still so I guess as I started to heal from the divorce but then I started to feel the pressure of needing to connect with someone to get married to have a baby because now at this point I'm like in my early 30s so I'm starting to feel that type of pressure um and that still wasn't a healthy position to be in for dating either because you know now I'm dating through that lens right and then that comes with a whole nother set of um, pressure and and an unhealthy motivation you know to really try to connect with somebody so 
that didn't serve me well either, right? That influenced me to kind of knock red flags out the way (laughs) and be full speed ahead. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you need to um, just that good old fashioned dating advice that is useful no matter what stage you're in in your life, be it single, be it freshly divorced, right? That you need to be um, healthy. You need to be healthy emotionally and mentally, right? And in a, a good space so that you can come into a situation where you're well and you're healed and showing up as your best self, right? And you're not, um, you don't want anything or you don't need anything from anyone. You know, you're just looking for a partner, someone that you can spend time with um, that compliments you. You know, you guys compliment each other, that there isn't a void that you're trying to fill in any way, shape or form. You know, that's the healthiest scenario that you could be in when it comes to a romantic partnership. So, um, and that goes for any phase of life, you know, obviously, but yeah, that, that did me a disservice for a long time. Okay. Um, just you feeling that pressure of, you know, I, I need to hook up because I'm getting older. Hmm. I, ne- I can't really say I, I wasn't really able to experience dating separated. Because that was our agreement. You know, that was the terms of our separation. It was that we were working on reconciliation. So I felt like people could sniff singledom on me. You know, like as I I walked into the room, I felt like people knew she was freshly separated. So I would actually wear a ring when I went out because I didn't want that kind of pressure for a while. You know, and another thing that um, during that time, I I learned that I valued my friendships more, male male friendships more, because that was something that I missed out on. I won't say I missed out on, but it's what you you put away when you're married. I don't know. Did do any of did any of you have male friends? I used to have male friends growing up, and they were platonic friends. But so I like the male perspective and it's, and it tends to be a male perspective that your husband isn't going to give you or just, Mm -hmm. you know, just friendly conversations and talking trash. If that's not the, you know, the kind of relationship that you're, that you're, that you have with your husband. So I think that is probably what I embraced during my separation was my friendships with coworkers and, you know, my, my friends growing up, I I value male friendship. So I think that I still was able to get it wasn't, you know, dating in the traditional sense, but but you know, my lunches were purchased for me and my drinks were purchased for <laughs> for me and you know, I got to experience a, a a little bit of it, I guess I could say. Yeah. All right, so we're talking let's move on to actually getting the groove back. I heard somebody mention intimacy. So what's that like? Did anybody circle back? Did anybody double back to their ex? No, I sure didn't. Heck to the no, no, no. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, barely know how to cut a cord. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, see, and you know, Marcy, but see, that's the thing. I'm the type of person I'm ride or die. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you even though it may come off as nagging sometimes, I will tell you what I need. I will tell you. And I'm like, and it's almost to some degree, I'm not saying I'm pleading with you, but I'm trying to get you to see like, okay, I'm letting you know, you're not doing, you know, because yeah. when I'm done, I'm done. I feel like this should be, this should be, um, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like, I'm really wondering if I can even find a relationship again. Like, it just feels like, like if one is hard for me to honestly, um, it's hard for me to to like someone. I'll say that. Like it, it it's very hard. And then I'm kind of getting to the point where I am guarded, where you know I do have this checklist of like, well, this is what you know. I'm very observant in the beginning, and you know I'm I'm seeing these things that you do, and I'm like, you know, why is he doing it? You know. I, and then if I don't like that he's doing it, I'm kind of like, 
well, I'm already turned off. Girl, my you son know? tried to put, put out a date, put me on a dating app. He said, I'll fill out your profile if you want me to. I said, boy, if you don't go sit down somewhere. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like mine, mine were, were seeing random men on the street and was like, what about him? And I'm like, no, 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 no. We not doing this. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I, I wish that I could hear more stories of not needing to be in a relationship. And I guess that, you know, I, that opinion doesn't hold very much weight because I'm married, but mm. I'm still mm -hmm. who I am. I'm still who I am. And like we were saying before, I've never been the type that felt like I needed to be in a relationship. I dated mm -hmm. plenty but it was never an exclusive. I never needed to be called your girlfriend. I never, I never wanted anyone that felt like they needed to be my boyfriend. It was, it was just open dating and I was comfortable with that. And they were comfortable with that. I was always alongside someone, but it was, it didn't always have to be a relationship. And I still feel that way now. Yes, I am married, but I, if I wasn't married, if we hadn't reunited, I was perfectly fine being single. I was perfectly fine. This is what I, I tell my mother that why not? And, and just all the different women in my, in my life who are not in relationships. Why does it have to be marriage? Why can't it be? Um, that's my boyfriend. He lives in Georgia. He flies up once a month. I fly there once a month. And then I send him home. Yeah. Why, why can't yeah. it be? be that we get together we we add value to each other's lives but we maintain our our identity our sense of self i don't need to be i don't need to be married but i want to be married and i think that's the difference like i'm i'm single yeah. now i've been single for the last five years i'm doing mm -hmm. fine i don't need a man to complete me but then the bible does says it's not good for man to be alone <laughs> Yeah, I completely agree with that. And especially with social media, like a lot of these things on social media is, are, is trying to paint it like we don't need each other. And we honestly do. I'm not saying to just, you know, pounce on anything, which, you know, that's also the kind of the narrative, too. But, you know, we do need each other at the end of the day. Um, but it's just, you know, do you want a relationship or do you know or what kind of relationship? What, what does that look like? you know, yeah. for you, it's, it's okay. You know, like I, I do want a relationship, but I'm good. Like, I feel like, you know, that like you have different relationships, like as far as like with your friends and all that stuff that kind of fill in those gaps, but yeah, there's nothing wrong with wanting a relationship. There's nothing wrong with staying single. There's nothing wrong with having your man in, you know, a whole nother state. You know, we, it's okay for us to make the rules for ourselves, And I think that's the part of the reason you know, in marriages, we get so caught up in what society says that we're supposed to do in a marriage yeah. as opposed to, OK, what do we really want? What right. do we want from each other? Like, what are we expecting? Are you a partner? Are you a lover? Are you this? Are you that? Um, you so you, you really without huh? having to, and what do you want for yourself? Exactly. Exactly. About putting the other person or their considerations first. Yeah. Can, yeah. Can I say something yeah. too? Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, you know, I think it's also important to find happiness in whatever season that you're in, right? You know, when you're single, you don't want to be so fixated on trying to get married that you don't make the most right. out of your single mm -hmm. life. Like there's something to be said yeah. for the like single that. life. The single life ain't yeah. all bad. You know, and the married life ain't all good either, right? So whatever season you're in, yeah. you know, while you're on, while you're trying to take steps to get to the next step, mm -hmm. don't negate the beauty in the current season that you're in. That's all I want yeah. to say. Yeah. So what do, what parting words do you have? So if we are circling back to the top of this conversation and someone listening to this episode thinking, I feel like I need to make some changes. What does life look like for me after this change? What wisdom, what can you I share? Just, I would say this, put God first. And at any point you feel you deserve more, it means you do. Mm -hmm. okay. 
I would say, um, and this was like, it's funny how, you know, you get addressed with, with different questions and sometimes you just like, it, it's kind of a stunner. But I remember uh, running across a, a parent um, and um, a parent of one of the kids at school. And, um, you know, I told her I was recently separated, divorced or whatever. And obviously she didn't want to know the details because it's just, just a random conversation. But she was like, the question that she asked me was, she was like, well, are you happy? Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's what I think it boils down to. Um, if, if you make this transition, yes, it's going to be bumpy maybe in the beginning. But at the end of the day, do you feel like you'll be happy or happier? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. So, so seek happiness in any event, basically, like what Tiffany was saying. Anything else? that we haven't covered that you think is relevant to this conversation? You know, one of the things I thought about um, that kind of helped me realize that something wasn't right. Um, um, I remember thinking about the future. This is when we were separated. And I remember thinking about the future and thinking about, oh, there's, you know, I was looking at apartment buildings that were being built. And, you know, oh, I could see myself there and blah, blah. But one of the things that really stuck out from me seeing that, seeing the apartment building is that I didn't see myself with him. Mm-hmm. You know, like I felt like, oh, wait a minute, I'm envisioning this. Mm-hmm. But the thought of planning this with him or being or him being by my side doing this didn't seem right. And that was just an automatic thought. Like like I said, I was just driving down the street and I saw the apartment and then I started thinking, wait a minute, you're not thinking about this with your husband. Yeah. And so that's, that's something to kind of consider like all the things like, like even though you might miss companionship, but is it that you miss companionship or do you miss him? You know, there's a, there is a difference. So if you can't see yourself doing these things with this person in the future, like I really want to do this with this person, not just with a body. I want to do this with this person. Or you just don't see that. Do you see yourself doing with this with that person? That's something to consider. Like, why? I mean, that's that's that was one of the turning points for me. And that came by accident. So um, I'll chime in with my words of wisdom. I would say, um, take your time. Don't make an emotional decision. You know, marriage is hard. And sometimes you may need to let it breathe. You know, um, sometimes you, you may need space. And sometimes the space may not take the form of a formal separation. You know, sometimes it may just need to take the shape of somebody taking a long weekend, you know, maybe going somewhere and clearing your mind. Maybe it's a staycation. I don't know. But I would also suggest potentially, um, of course, take the route of counseling. But, you know, one thing that what you don't want to do is get further down the road and be left with some what ifs and some what have could have should have. You know, you just want to walk away with some assurance that you did your part. You know, you did not because mm-hmm. uh, you you took a vow. Marriage is serious, is sacred, you know, and you don't want to leave any cards on the table, you know. So make sure that you've turned over every stone and that, you know, it's not on in your own action and it always takes two to tangle right so if that other person isn't ponying up and and doing their part then it is what it is you know you could wash your hands of it but try to be patient and work through it as much as you can and it's okay whatever you decide it's your decision at the end of the day you know it's not what mama think daddy think friends Mm. or whatever the case may be, it's your life and you have to do what's best for you. Just make sure that it's a decision that you want to make because it's a decision that you will have to live with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's it. Ladies, thank you all for this conversation. Thank you. um, And this probably won't be used for the podcast, but this is a shift. This is really going to be the first 
episode that I do that isn't going to be job related. You know, it's not going to be career related or entrepreneurship related. This is going to be the first change after hardship or change after, you know, that kind of episode. So thank you all for giving me what feels like an inaugural (laughs) (laughs) episode. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for your hail to the no, no, (laughs) no. And I think you are really going to help shape some decisions. So thank you. All right. All right. Thank you, everyone. Have a good night. Bye. All right. Bye bye. Bye. So I hope there were some takeaways in this conversation. I hope that being changed ever after doesn't paint a picture of doom and gloom. I hope those single streets and dating waterfalls don't make you feel like you have to stick to the rivers and lakes that you're used to. (laughs) Just seek happiness first in whatever shape that happiness takes. Divorce, long-term or short-term separation, reuniting, negotiating new relationship terms as that relationship resets. Change ever after takes many shapes. So hopefully conversations like this add some perspective along the way. If you're enjoying the show and you've enjoyed past shows, please share an episode or several (laughs) with a friend who can relate and be sure to rate and review if you haven't already. As always, send your questions and feedback to me via DM on Instagram at it's Marcia Cork or email me at Marcia at MarciaCork.com. Marcia is spelled M-A-R-C-E-I-A. You'll find those details and all of the ways to follow, subscribe, and connect with me in the episode notes. Until next time, MCs, bye-bye.